Hey parents, it's Robin McMahon here. Before you dive into this episode, I want to say thank you. Thank you for listening to my show, Parenting Our Future. And did you know that you can watch this show as well on YouTube? If you want to watch this episode instead of listening to it, you can head over to my YouTube channel, Parenting for Connection, where you will find all of my podcast episodes as well as a library of my videos that have tips and parenting strategies on how to parent even the most difficult kiddos. You will learn how to get better behavior, better listening, so that you can feel more calm and confident in your parenting no matter what you're facing. So I hope to see you over on YouTube. Now back to the show. I got to tell you that by the time I am sort of done work and I have to think about dinner, more often than not, uh, it's my husband and I going to each other saying, what do you want to have for dinner? Uh, I don't know. What do you want to have for dinner? I don't know. What do you want to have for dinner? And then we get nowhere. We stand around and we just get frustrated. And then we're like, okay, grilled cheese. We'll just make grilled cheese. So I want you to know that I hear from you. And I know a lot of listeners and a lot of people who follow me are in the same boat. We all have decision fatigue. And I have someone who is the antidote to that. And she is amazing. Just you wait. If you don't already know her, you will know her now and you got to follow her. So her name is Jessica Pharmacola and she's a former psychotherapist. So that's super cool. But she's now a food critic, cookbook author, food judge, TV personality, recipe developer and owner of Savory Experiments. She has contributed and appeared in Better Homes and Gardens, Parade Magazine, Mashed, The Daily Meal, National Enquirer, Closer, Brilliant Baking, and Country Living. And I'm sure there's way more than just that. You can also catch her on local and national news, provided cooking demos for, and she's provided cooking demos for over a hundred plus brand partnerships. And she uses her 4S philosophy to help home cooks enjoy their time in the kitchen and make restaurant quality meals. She's in Baltimore. She's a mom to two kiddos as well. Welcome, Jessica. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and chat with you guys. (laughs) All right. Well, let's talk about you first and then we'll talk about me. No, I'm kidding. Um, We'll talk about you first and you are a former psychotherapist. So that's like a pretty serious, uh, that's a pretty serious background to just turn and now work in a whole entire different industry. So tell me how you came to doing this work. Well, it's, it's a long story, but a simple story, I guess you could say. So I was a psychotherapist for many, many years. I worked and I was the director of an outpatient psych unit. I worked with duly diagnosed individuals. So addiction, substance abuse, and uh, another psychiatric disorder. And it was, it was hard, but I really liked it. I liked the adrenaline rush of it. I'm that kind of person Mm -hmm. that just likes to stay busy. So being in an emergency room and having all of these patients that, that really need help was satisfying to me. Um, And then running a department was as well. But in that time, I got married. And my husband and I realized that we were going to have a little bit more difficulty getting pregnant than we Mm. originally anticipated. And a lot of people go through that. So we started fertility treatment and IUI, IVF. Mm. And during that time, I realized that I needed to find something for my own self-care that would help me not think about that. But a lot of things also have to do like TV and books and movies felt too much like work at the hospital for me. So I needed to find something that was neither of those things. 
we both come from big Italian families that do mm. dinner every night together and Sunday meals. And we live in Baltimore. None of our family lives here. So we decided that we were going to start doing Sunday meals with our friends and all of our other transplants. And friends started asking me for the recipes I was making. And I don't know if this was stupid on my part or smart, but I'd always make something new. I don't know. I wouldn't recommend nowadays to make a new recipe you've never made before on a night when you're serving eight to 10 people dinner. But at the time that was like my risk taking, it was felt good. It was an adrenaline rush. Um, but they'd ask me for the recipe and I realized that I was really bad at following recipes too. I always tweaked it and kind of made it my own, but it forced me to start writing them down. And one day at work, I was supposed to be seeing a patient and I Googled how to start a blog. And this is 2010. I had no idea that other people are writing about food. I had no idea that there are food bloggers, like actual food bloggers. I didn't realize that the blogging world in itself was as large as it was. And this is before Twitter and Instagram and influencers and all of these other things. So I was quite literally just writing down recipes with no images, nothing. And the only people reading them were our dinner party friends and maybe a couple of family members. And about six months in, I remember coming home and telling my husband, because they have analytics on them, that somebody that wasn't one of our friends was looking at my blog today. They were they were like five people from Washington State and Texas and just others. I knew that it wasn't my friends. because My friends aren't there. Yeah. And I was amazed by this. But to me, it kind of raised the bar. And I was like, well, what can I do with this? So I started doing a little bit more research and taking pictures and doing a little bit more. And then I got my first quote unquote client, which was a jelly company, like a private jelly company up in New England. And I was just, I thought this was my big break. I was going to make some recipes for these jelly people. And it snowballed from there. I started writing for Better Homes and Gardens and it was kind of this, I'm a normal person. I'm a normal, yeah. I'm a normal person who is trying to figure things out, failures and successes in the kitchen along the way. And I'm sharing them. And it made me relatable and it made me mm. approachable. But my my hook really was that I was a therapist and I never really realized it, but I was helping people reframe how they were cooking. Mm. I was helping them become confident in the kitchen. I was helping them have fun in the kitchen. And that was helping them enjoy cooking instead of cooking being a chore. So I continued with these two careers for a very long time, which was exhausting. But my husband, um, he doesn't work for me, but he was he was always helpful and very, very supportive. And after 16 rounds of fertility treatment, mm. we had our daughter in 2017. So it took us seven years and she was our last embryo before adoption. And she worked. And let me tell you, she's still a little fighter. And Aww. I decided at that time that I wanted to take this full time, that I wanted to, to see really what I could do, spread my wings when I had, you know, hours, but, but be a full-time stay at home mom too. I'd waited so long to be a mom that mm -hmm. I wanted to eat up every moment and not miss anything. And this allowed me to do that. So that is where savory experiments really started to take off. It wasn't until about seven years in that I mm. took it from a hobby to a career. 
Wow. And since then, it's been books and TV and wow. uh, radio and podcasts and all of these other really fun things. And I went to Le Cordon Bleu and got certified as a professional recipe developer. And I've just wow. kind of taken it to the next level since then. So that's the, the long, short story of that's, how that's I incredible. ended up here. <laughs> oh my gosh, right here, right now. It's right, right really, here. truly yeah. incredible. And it's so funny that you say that, right? Because I remember at that time, maybe a little earlier, hearing about like blogs and the blogosphere. What is this person talking about? Right? Like, oh, we're, we're checking on the blogs today. Like, what is that? Is that like blog? Like, what that was I had to look it up you know and uh yeah that is so funny um and now here you are and we're gonna put a link to your blog episode I, I mean how cool yeah, is I mean, that it's, it's crazy it's absolutely crazy if you told me five years ago that this is what I'd be doing I'd tell you you were crazy yeah yeah so what was your first recipe do you remember yeah, it was, um, I was, I was making a, an Egyptian lentil stew. <laughs> <laughs> totally out of my, but that was kind of my thing. I like to challenge myself in the kitchen and learn about new ingredients. So I chose something that was out of my wheelhouse. So I, it was, it was a red lentil stew and I made some flatbreads, like some unleavened flatbreads. And I think something with pork, which I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something with pork. That's very cool. Okay. Well, you've got to check out, uh, or anybody has to check out your, well, Facebook or Instagram. When I look at your Instagram, it is just a beautiful array of delicious looking food from, I mean, from everything from a cocktail to a candy apple to dip for veggies. So I love what you've got. And I have to tell you, like, you're somebody I need in my life because, uh, it's not like I don't like to cook and it's, and again, I, I did mention this isn't about me, but I think that I can uh, relate to a lot of people too. Like, I just don't have that many recipes in my head. You know, I need help to come up with new and different things. And, you know, the only way that we've come up with new and different things lately, my husband and I, is getting boxes, boxed meals delivered, right? Not uh, like the HelloFresh idea and, and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, as a busy working mom, a lot of us are facing that. You know, I have always worked as a mom. And, uh, and so I want to know what your thoughts are on the overwhelm that we are all feeling the burnout that we're all facing as moms doing everything. And, you know, that's, that's a, that's a, a conversation for another episode, but, you know, how do you feel about those sort of shortcuts where you, you get a, a boxed meal or, you know, what do you say to moms when they're overwhelmed? I love the idea of the reframing too. So I kind of, it's a big question and yeah, take it away. <laughs> My first thought is, is that I'm in your boat sometimes too. I mean, today mm. I cooked all day long. I cooked and took photos. I 10 minutes before we started finished with some cranberry sweet rolls that are still sitting on a table behind you. Oh. And <clears throat> by the time I'm done in the kitchen, I don't feel like cooking again either. And no. there are nights that I'm busy that I don't feel like cooking either. And there is absolutely no shame in pre-box meals. Mm. There is no shame in having a backup frozen pizza in your yeah. freezer because the more you push it, the less you're going to want to do it on the other days. But it's all about balance. Isn't life about balance? 
So for me, it's about the quality time with my family and not necessarily mm. if the meal is like fully home cooked. Not going to lie. We have gymnastics tonight. We're going to Chick-fil-A, ah! you know, but I'd rather spend that time in the car with my kids mm-hmm. eating Chick-fil-A and talking about their day than cooking and telling them to hurry up because we need to get to gymnastics. Mm. Like that to me is the balance of reframing. Now there are other nights tomorrow night. We don't have anything where we will cook at home and I'll plan that out. My tips for most people are it's fine if, if you get the box stuff. I mean, at least you're at home and you're cooking mm. and it's usually, you know, fresh ingredients and it gets you out of that rut of recipes and, and finding new stuff. But you can also plan ahead. Planning ahead helps me immensely. Like Sunday, I'll sit down and I'll find a couple of recipes. We play this really fun game we call Recipe Roulette, where we find either a blog or a cookbook or a magazine. And we turn to a random page and no takesies, backsies, that's what you're making. And that's how we, and sometimes it's stuff that like we would have never picked out. We would have never picked off a menu even, but it it helps try new ingredients. It helps our children try new flavors. And the other thing is that I really love it when people cook as a family. Mm. So it shouldn't be an, I have to go cook dinner. Mm. It's a, we have to go cook dinner. And there's almost always a task that kids, even as young as mine are, mine are four and five, can help with, whether it's dividing up stuff to put in the salads or pouring a box of pasta. I was the other day, one of my easy meals is a kind of a meatball casserole where you put dry noodles in a dish and you bake it with water and sauce and then it's done. And um, you know, just letting them pour the things in and stirring it with a spoon. Yes, a little bit more messy, but you, it's spending time with them. And that to me is the important part about the kitchen and meals. It's not just that you're eating at home. It's that you're eating with your family. And even if they can't help, at least they can sit at the end of the counter and have a conversation with you, or you can encourage them to try ingredients as you're cooking. Yeah. So that's really what I say. No shame. As long as everybody's fed and you're having good conversation and connection, no shame in, in, Chick-fil-A, frozen pizzas, or HelloFresh. I love it. I love it. And thank you for that. I I really love it anytime somebody is like, no shame. It's fine. You got to do you some days. And I definitely have had a box of mac and cheese or a frozen pizza that like, here you go, guys. In fact, we had pizza last night because we're like, oh my gosh, we got to have a plan for Mondays. For us, Mondays are always so busy and we are pretty tired by the end of the day. So yeah, we, we recognize that we need that now. So, um, but, but saying we are going to make dinner instead of I have to make dinner. I really like that. And that's just a more modern way of looking at things too, right? Like let's all get in there and do this. And I think what you're saying too, you know, especially with kids, like let's embrace this idea of we are making dinner. Like it's not just mom's job. It's not just dad's job. It's like a family we're feeding each other and it gets kids used to ingredients. It gets them used to textures too. eating textures, touching textures. Right. And also you can sneak a couple of veggies in to them, but without them even knowing it, like, Hey, can you test this carrot for me? Or can you test this, you know, whatever for me. Right. It's a great way to get some extra nutrition into them too. Right. And of course, 100%. 
the the recipe roulette with no takesies vaxies that it's like music <laughs> to my ears. I love it so much. Um, and you're like, again, I just want to say like your Instagram feed is that like, I could just close my eyes and point to something and be like, Oh, this is great. I, I have a chocolate pound cake that is, uh, that I've looked at, that I've looked at that I want to make. And, uh, yeah, we have this, uh, thing that we do with our family, my mom and my sister, they live in our, they live with us. And, uh, every Sunday we have a family dinner together and we all do different things. Sometimes we just get Chinese takeout and sometimes most times we make something. And so just so you know, I'll be using your recipes the next time we make something. I just think it's such a great Can't wait to hear about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will tell you for sure. I'll tag you. Uh, so you mentioned um, that you have a philosophy of the four S's. Can you tell me what those are? So the four S's have actually um, gone to being the five S's. Oh. Um, and the reason is because I realized that one of them, and you've already, you just mentioned it, was so obvious that I almost didn't even see it. And it was mm. the census. Mm. One of our ours is now the census. So we've got salt. I am, I am obsessed with salt, salt and butter, but butter isn't enough. So, you know, mm. <laughs> but I'm obsessed with salt. Um, there are 28 kinds of salt in my pantry and I'm always open to more salt. If anybody has any wow. seasonings, sauces, swaps, and then now our five senses. So I feel like these using these five things was something we were always doing. They were always in our recipes. They were always stuff we were talking about. And our blog, um, I know the number one criticism of food blogs is why do they have to talk so much before the recipe? I just want the recipes. Like stop talking. It doesn't make, you know, just whatever. I actually do include pretty interesting stuff in mine. It's usually, it's not stories about my kids or my dog or my anything else. It's relevant to the recipe we're making. And we, we hit on those things. So, okay, you don't eat ground beef. Let's figure out how we can use ground chicken and how to substitute and swap that. I want you to understand the ingredients. So next time you use it, whether you're using my recipe or somebody else's, you are comfortable and confident to try it and to change it and to know how much to add because you learned when you read and used it and experimented, savory experiments, mm. in my mm. recipe. So that's the concept behind it. The sauces is something that we started noticing and it's there. It's just kind of one, again, one of those very obvious things. Like if we're looking at restaurant quality meals, nearly every restaurant meal has a sauce with it. Yeah, You'll start noticing, look at a menu, everything is either in a sauce, drizzled on it, served on the side. It's all got a sauce. So very simply adding sauces at home, which can be bottled or made from scratch, mm. can elevate your gourmet meal at home. And of course, we've got we've got these swaps and then the seasonings. So swaps would be if you don't have something, you don't like something, you don't want something, your kids won't eat something. And then the seasonings is how to take kind of a mundane, even a box of mac and cheese and adding a little bit of Old Bay to it and taking it to another level. You know, some shredded rotisserie chicken from the store. Easy ways frozen broccoli. I'm coming up with these sun-dried tomatoes, peas. I could take craft and make it into some lovely things with very basic seasonings and swaps. And then the five senses. When we're in the kitchen, we use them. We use them for texture. We use them for obviously taste. We hear things like a sizzling plate of fajitas. But as a chef, mm -hmm. I can hear, today I was making a cranberry relish. And from my office, I could hear cranberries start to pop. You use that as a reference. 
um, onions, garlic, we can start to smell those things. We know when they become fragrant at what point they're going from, okay, I'm good to I'm burning um, yeah. things along those lines. So we're using all of our five senses in the kitchen as well. And that's important to be in tune with and in touch with. And when you're teaching kids to cook, these are great ways to teach them to cook. No, oh, that's a great idea. Oh, that is so cool. I love that idea. Okay. So you've got five, five S's, senses, salt, seasonings, sauces, and swaps. You got it. Love it. And uh, I think you're so right about the sauces. You know, um, I think that's been missing in my life. <laughs> I always, we even started an entire second website called mysaucerecipes.com. And it is what it's only sauces. That's all it is. <laughs> sauces. And I, while not everybody wants to make them from scratch, so many of them are so easy, like aiolis, you know, you, which is a fancy word for flavored mayonnaise. It's, you know, you can use your light mayonnaise. You can even use, for me, I'm not a huge mayonnaise fan, but I really love plain Greek yogurt. I'll use plain Greek yogurt, add pesto to it or chipotle peppers or something else. And now all of a sudden I've got an aioli to take a grilled cheese <gasps> to a whole nother level. So today we were making from the cranberry sauce, we made a cranberry aioli for turkey sandwiches. So it's just kind of thinking outside the box and taking these sauces to really make something amazing out of them. But no shame in having a bottle of balsamic reduction in your fridge or chipotle aioli. Um, you can even take ketchup and put cayenne pepper in it. And all of a sudden it's something new and interesting. Cool is that. And I would assume that you can make a big batch of sauce and separate it and freeze it, right? 100%, depending on what it is. There's a couple that will will separate depending on what mm. it is. But something like... Um, Aiolis, I don't think mayonnaise freezes too well, actually, but mm, might not. ketchups, mustards, things along those cheese sauces, you could probably do if you heated yeah. it up from frozen. But we include all of that information in all of our recipes, too, on the sauce site and also on the website. We have make-ahead, freezing, and storage instructions for every <sighs> single dish. That's so cool. I can't believe you have mysaucerecipes.com. I love it. That's the coolest thing ever. I, I love it so much. Okay, that's so great. Oh, I'm going to impress all of my friends because of you. Just like, so you know, I'm going to have more dinner parties. Okay. Um, okay, so the other thing about having kids in the kitchen is that it it's not just about the food too. It's also you know, lessons in fractions and adding and subtracting, right. And conversions and that sort of thing. As a Canadian, I get a lot of recipe recipes that are metric and imperial. So there's always some kind of conversion happening, you know, um, and, and of course my measuring stuff has imperial on one side metric on the other. So, you know, we kind of live up, live growing up, you know, with that. Um, so what else, you know, what else does it do to help your kids in the future, just being in the kitchen and knowing how to cook and embracing this whole area? So one of the things we've been talking a lot about in the food realm is millennials and the generations after don't seem to have basic food skills. Mm. Parents did a lot more for them than maybe our latchkey, um, Moms did, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm not trying to date myself, but I'm in my 40s. And, yeah. you know, I knew how to make my own box of mac and cheese. There was no easy mac in the microwave. And But but kids these days don't go to college not knowing how to make a toast, make a piece of toast. Like, how do I make toast? 
Oh, didn't talk. Yeah. How do yeah. I boil an egg? How do I make mac and cheese? That's not easy mac. Very things that we might think of as being very basic are skills that seem to be lost in some of these generations. And I think that that's sad because that also means that generational recipes will soon be lost too. Mm. That moms and aunts and grandparents are going to die off. And if people have not embraced the kitchen and learned in the kitchen, those recipes might also go because they're not written down anywhere. It's a handful of this and a dash of this, and it tastes like this here. Mm-hmm. But it's also the process. So it's a process of learning these, these basic skills and these basic tasks. But for me, it's also opening them up to new things and new cultures and developing self-esteem. I know that my kids, my kids still eat chicken nuggets and and hot dogs. You know, they love that kind of stuff. But if I'm trying to introduce them to a new food or a new texture of food, because with kids, it's very textural, Mm -hmm. they are more apt to eat it if they helped make it because they're proud of it. Mm -hmm. And it's the self-esteem of knowing that they've created something. And for mine, littles, it's creating something with you, that quality time that they're spending with mom. It could be a grilled cheese. It could be that simple. But maybe it's trying a new flavor of cheese. Maybe it's, Mm -hmm. you know, cutting it themselves. And now they even have these plastic knives that are are kind of kid safe. If you you also have littles that they can do it, do it themselves, which, you know, they love doing it themselves. So it, it serves so many more purposes deep down with the self-esteem and the life skills and of course fractions and learning and math and my kids love the kitchen scale like now I'll find them I found my son in his room the other day with um our kitchen scale for like measuring baked goods and I don't your kids are a little bit older but we have a magnet for all of our locked cabinets that he's not allowed to get in right he was upstairs with the magnet doesn't do me any good now because he knows how to use it figuring out what else was magnetic in the kitchen scale weighing things so now he's taking things from the kitchen out of the kitchen but again it's it's a life skill but it's also triggering other questions and curiosity curiosity. and opening up other you know like my, my daughter the other night ate a plum and now she wants to you know put the plum seed like we started talking about seeds and pits and where these things come from so so many things start in the kitchen and with food that we don't even think about being a much larger conversation. Yeah. You know, as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, like it really is an introduction to the world too. Like how things grow different parts of the world, you know, they eat this way, they eat with their hands, they eat with chopsticks, they eat with, you know, like different things, different ways. Like what a cool way to impart, you know, wisdom above and beyond the food right you know and and share those traditions and uh, I love that and and what you said is that kids are more apt to eat something if they've helped to make it just like a child is more apt to listen to and follow direction if they helped to come up with a solution to a problem, right? They're more likely to follow through with something. If you've, you know, had a problem or a discussion, if they help to come up with the, the solution and the way mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. So it makes perfect sense to me. And our kids are naturally curious, you know, and again, our kids don't do what we say, they do what we do. And so 
it's natural that they want to be in the kitchen. They see us in the kitchen a lot. And it can't just be about cleaning up and mumbling and complaining. Like I am nourishing our bodies. Like we are together nourishing our bodies, making choices for our health. And this is what happens when we eat things. This is how they're grown. Like there's just, it really is a beautiful world in the kitchen that I wish I had taken more advantage of. I just, but, and I know that I couldn't like in those days, I couldn't do it. It was too hard for me, but I see it now. I really see it now. And it doesn't have to be every day. It can be once a week. No, I was just going to say, there's two things you hit on. You know, first, it doesn't have to be every day. And the therapist part of me is thinking about how um, I read an article once about children and how they're in control of no part of their life. And a lot of times when they're, they're acting out, it's because they are so not in control. They're they're striving to find something that they can control. And sometimes it's big, like potty training, and sometimes it's small, but being in the kitchen is something that they can feel in control of. Mm. And as a mom, especially littles, I say no a lot. I don't have to say no as much unless it's a safety Mm. thing in the kitchen. I like to let them try and do trial and error so that they're a part of the process. And then we see at the end how it turned out. We try some stuff that fails. We tried that trend on cottage cheese ice cream the other day. It was terrible. Nobody else tried a cottage cheese. We even put Oreos in it. It didn't help. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's, you're, you're, you're right. It's, you know, it's the being in control, being a part of, feeling proud of, and, and, and really getting these lifelong experiences out of it. Oh, I love it. I love it. So, okay. When you, you started by talking about reframing the way you're spending time in the kitchen. So have we already covered that or is there more to that? Um, I would say just a tad bit more, something you said in the last bit too, was, you know, so often parents, kids are going to hear parents grumbling about making food and got to go eat I don't want to do dishes again. I don't want to make dinner again. Or they're in the kitchen and they're, you know, just completely tuned out. And kids hear that. You don't think they hear that. You don't think they, they hear that. They see that. And what you're teaching them is that the kitchen is a bad place and cooking is a bad thing. And it's a chore, not something you look forward to doing. So we're reframing things just by changing the sentences. Instead of saying, I have to go make dinner, saying we get to go make dinner. Mm. The we and the get to, it's a, you know, it's, it's a thing now. Or, you know, who wants to help me make dinner? Can I get a big help? Kids love helping, you know, at certain ages, you know, you get to, you know, it's not fun anymore. But <laughs> just thinking about how you're phrasing it to your kids and even your partner, if, if you mm-hmm. have one, like, even to them, it can make a difference where this, you know, epiphany light bulb moment happens of, oh, maybe this isn't so horrible. Maybe this is something we can all do together and have fun and enjoy and, mm. and classifies quality time instead of a chore. Hmm. You know, I have to say, um, there, there was a time where I was the only one who did any cooking and uh, my mom never had a ton of recipes that she cooked. So it was pretty basic food. I'm a really picky eater. Uh, I tried to hide that from my kids. There's a lot of things they don't and won't eat. I've talked about that many times before, but, uh, you know, when the pandemic hit and my husband was working from home, which he never was before I had worked from home for, for years. And, uh, and then we started getting those 
boxes of HelloFresh and, and whatever. And he started taking over the cooking and it was so great because he really loved it. And it was so cute to watch his pride and he was kind of happy to do something different. And it was really great for me to let that go too. I didn't, you know, love it as much anyway. And so, um, yeah, the, I get to part was really neat. And then, you know, a couple of Christmases come and go and, you know, I'm giving him like a, a garlic, you know, uh, chopper. I'm getting him like, you know, little, little, little things to grate. Uh, I don't even know what stuff, you know, things, kitchen tools that I know he wants and needs and he loved them. So it was such a really fun thing to do. And it is nice to be on the receiving end of that too, and have somebody make dinner for you and love it, you know? So I just want to say that like it there, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to not have it all on your shoulders too. Mm-hmm. My husband cooks as well. Yeah. He cooks as well. He loves the grill. We just got a Blackstone. He's really obsessed with that right now, but, um, you also can learn to cook at any age. You can be 60 and 70 and learn to cook. This isn't like I'm going to decide to go be an Olympic figure skater tomorrow. You can still learn to cook. Even if you're sitting down, I've had some people email me and say, Hey, you know, I can't stand for a long period of time. Can you recommend something I can make that's like within 15 minutes and I need to be sitting? Of course, we can always find something. We can always adapt and make this possible, but you can be any age and learn how to cook. That's so great. That's so great. And we're all in different stages at different times. And right. Uh, and, and I, and I, and I say that to, to sort of say, you know, look, I can see, I can see me really embracing it when I have more time and my kids are teenagers now one just turned 18. So I, you know, there's, there's time for me to be able to do it. And again, I love everything in moderation, the balance, the no shame, like, even if it's just once a week. You know, even if it's once mm-hmm. a month, like just do what you can and, and be proud of that. 100%. So great. Okay. So a couple of things I want to talk about really quickly. What would you say to that overwhelmed mom who just can't even right? decision fatigue? It's kind of how we started talking. And again, you said no shame, right? Are there any recipes or kinds of recipes that you recommend or anything that you would say to that overwhelmed mom who just is like, I don't even know what to do. I would say casseroles are your best friend. I think casseroles casseroles are better than slow cookers. Half the slow cooker meals need six hours. And if you're going to work during the day, Six That's hours a, isn't a thing. It's <laughs> like a weird time. A, yeah. I need a 10 hour alone. Yeah. Yeah. And half of them start with, you have to brown meat and saute something anyway. Well, that's for, that's for the birds. So casseroles are great. Easy casseroles. I like doing semi-homemade meals a lot. So I, I pick up a rotisserie chicken mm. that's already cooked at the grocery store and I can throw dry rice, cheese, chicken stock, you know, the shredded chicken from the rotisserie chicken, a couple of herbs and spices, cover it with aluminum foil and throw it in the oven and then get a bag of, of the, you know, pre-made salad. They've got some wonderful pre-made salads out there now and and dinner is served. And it took Mm. you less than five minutes to get it all in a casserole dish. Again, very kid friendly. My kids know how to pick chicken off rotisserie chicken. They're pretty good at that. Um, or other kinds of smoked meats too, like um, smoked sausages and stuff like chicken sausages, oh. stuff that's already cooked that you can incorporate into a meal, even the 90 second rice packets. You can figure these things out, add a little bit of sauce and you're ready to go. I have probably about six meals that we do do on a fairly re- 
you know, good rotation that can be easily manipulated depending on what I have in my vegetable crisper. So I call them my oh, cleaning out the fridge meals, and they almost always include I have one for pasta, I have one for rice, and then it's everything that's in the vegetable crisper gets, you know, that little bit of all the little things yeah. can get chopped up and thrown in. But when I don't want to think that that's, that's where I go. Okay. Is, is one of these really simple pantry staples and whatever you can find in the fridge meals. So having a couple of tried and true recipes on your back burner with that use pantry staples is always a go-to, but you can just order a pizza too. I'm not going to lie. I mean, that, that totally happens. Like I, um, but getting out of your rut is sometimes getting out of your comfort zone. So if you do have the time and your reason isn't burnt out, it's just lack of creativity and feeling yeah. uninspired. I would say, try my recipe roulette game. It's a lot of fun. You need a little bit more time. So like, it's usually a weekend activity, but my family loves it because then we also get to go grocery shopping together. Another oh. task that people are like, I don't want to go grocery shopping. It's horrible. We try to find an ingredient we've never used before and use it. That's so sometimes so cool. it's, backwards or sometimes it's and my kids like learning to read we're looking for letters we're looking for colors we're looking for you know okay it's in this section it starts with an o and you know so they're incorporated and involved in the in the grocery shopping as well and now it's it's also become a learning experience and quality time with them so the the recipe roulette's a lot of fun we've discovered a lot of recipes we would have never made had we not um, most recent was a kale gratin. Like, I don't know if I've had kale and salad. I, this was like a kale with cheese and, and stuff. And it was, it's become one of our most favorite recipes, but I would have never picked that one out. Never wow. an entire dish of kale. That sounds silly, but it's good. Wow. That is so cool. Okay. Well, I just want you to know that I'm going to take this really cool eight day course um, on how to be a better home cook. And I think you might know a little bit about it. So let's talk about the course that you have for free, please. Because I literally am going to take it. I'm signing up as soon as we're done. You should, you should. And it's easy. It's not time consuming. I'm not like teaching a whole class. You don't have to watch any videos. All it is, is <laughs> eight days of getting an email from me. And in the email, we go over some of the basics. So there's some people that are more uh, elaborate home cooks that this might be a little bit above, but everybody said they've learned something. So we go over our most common kitchen tools. Like, do you have all of these things? Some things that might make your life easier, like the garlic press or the microplane or, or stuff along those lines. My favorite food tool is a mini food processor. I love it. I use it for everything and I use it for chopping things because I hate chopping. Mm -hmm. So all of those basics. And then we start talking about our five S's and how to easily incorporate them into our meals and how to make things feel more gourmet at home. Simple things. Like if we're going to have mashed potatoes, asparagus, and salmon, you know, our usual selves would put them on a dish like a cafeteria plate, mashed potatoes, salmon, and, and asparagus. What if we layered them? What if we put a dollop of mashed potatoes and then three pieces of asparagus and then the salmon on top and then did a little mad on sea salt and a balsamic reduction? All of a sudden we've taken the same ingredients and made it restaurant quality just by layering them. So silly things like that, that we don't think about, but it's all the restaurants are doing to take it from one space to the next little tricks and secrets. We talk about sauce making. We talk about picking new recipes and I encourage community. So I actually will respond back to any of the emails that people send us along the way of, Hey, 
you know, what about this? Or can I try this? Or what do you think about that? So people are really in, in touch with me and like the communication there. And again, it is free. There's no gimmick. There's no anything. You give me your email, give me your right email. There's some people that sign up with silly emails and like, it doesn't do you any good because I can't, I can't send this to you if you don't have an email. So send me your email. And there's also PDFs on all of them. So if you're one of the types of people that doesn't want to bookmark it mobily or, or digitally, you can print all of this out and keep it at your house. Like I have a conversion sheet for metric and imperial and, and cups and ounces and all, all the like the ones that people are always Googling. Yeah, yeah. We have a cheat sheet for that. We have a cheat sheet for marshmallows and meat temperature cooking guides and all of these things that you can print out and put on the inside of one of your cabinets or on your fridge and have handy and easy and ready to go. Oh, I love it. Okay. So you said your favorite kitchen tool is a mini food processor. Okay. Okay. That's cool. What, what, what is another one of your favorite tools? I use I go through wooden spoons a lot. I know that sounds silly, but yeah. um, wooden spoons are so great because they don't get hot. So I've got, you know, a million burners going at the same time. So if I leave something in a pot while I'm running around doing five other things, it doesn't get hot. I jump on my hand when I come back again. So I buy those in bulk. It doesn't have to be like an expensive spoon. Um, the mini food processor, I use my immersion stick blender a lot because then I don't have to transfer something from point A to point B. I can just use it mm. in pot. Um, and a microplane. I love garlic and I don't know if you know this little tidbit about garlic, but the more membranes you cut when you're cutting garlic, the more potent of a garlic uh, flavor you're going to get. So if you just slice garlic, even though it's in larger pieces, you'll actually have less garlic flavor. If you chop garlic, you'll have a little bit more. If you mince garlic, you'll have a little bit more. If you press garlic, you'll have a little bit more garlic flavor. And if you grate garlic, you're get, like almost to a pulp you're going to have the maximum amount of flavor. So between garlic and just using things like lemon zest, in addition mm. to lemon juice, lemon juice and lemon zest have two completely different flavor profiles. Yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. A microplane is probably another one of my top ones and a really good, a really good kitchen knife. I love global. Yeah. That's my, yeah. I, I do not work for them, but global knives are my favorite. Oh, good. Okay. Well, thank you for all of this. This is so great. You've really inspired me and it takes a lot to inspire me when it comes to cooking. Uh, again, not because I don't like it. I just, uh, just, you know, it's just, it's just tough. Thank you. I am so excited to take your eight day course and uh, we're going to put all the details in the parent toolbox. And, you know, usually we have a separate item in the parent toolbox, but I just thought, you know what, for everybody listening, let's just keep it simple. Go to savoryexperiments.com. Check out all of the recipes there. You're on Facebook. You're on Instagram. Like I said, your, your Instagram profile is just what I just happen to be on on my phone here. I can see it all. And I've already picked out things that look really yummy that I can't wait to try. And, uh, and I just love the philosophy behind everything too. It, it shows that you care and it, it also shows that you're a mom, you get it. You really, really get it. So, uh, you know, Jessica, I just want to say thank you so much. And for everybody listening one more time, savory experiments on Facebook, on Instagram, and, uh, you have a YouTube channel as well. Is it at savory experiments? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's at savory experiments and we, we make it all in video and I'm a little sarcastic. If you like that, you'll love watching it. 
Oh, I love that. I love it. It's great. It's so great. And then mysaucerecipes.com. Hello, the site I never got it. that I now need. And I'm going to put a link to your blogs as well. And again, I just want to say thank you so much for helping us make this a lot easier, but also make it a, a, a place for us to connect with our kids and grow our relationship with them too, because, you know, that's just the best thing that makes us the most happiest, really, truly. It does that and a good steak. <laughs> you bet. Oh yeah, your book, Beef It Up. Let's not forget. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Beef It Up. It's a great book. It's 50 um comfort food beef recipes, mm. but with modern twists. So more of a more veggies, more color. Beef is so brown. And all of them are made in the kitchen. You don't need any special equipment. So we're not grilling, we're not smoking, we're not barbecuing. Every single one is stovetop or oven. There's a couple that have some Instapot options or slow cooker options, but it's soups, salads, appetizers, and entrees, and then also special meals. So if you've always wondered how to make the perfect steak and cast iron or a prime rib roast, mm. we have easy recipes with easy to follow instructions and um, in the book. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And it's available on Amazon. So it's easy to find. Oh, awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I am so hungry right now and I cannot wait to have dinner. So I'm going to go and binge all of your stuff right now. Thank you so much, Jessica. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection.